Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Uh. <laughs> I just feel like I wanted to be a rapper right there and just say, uh. Yeah. There's no hard duh. Do you know what I know? There's, there's nowhere else in the world where you could start, like you could warm up to get ready to speak by going, uh, uh, except rapping. Like imagine like a guy, like a, for a TED talk, guy comes up like, uh, uh, all right, let's talk about molecular biology. Uh, uh, all right, class, here's the do now. Uh, yeah, let's get it. <laughs> uh, welcome to the part D. Of the podcast, I am your host Tim Chop, of course, with Michael and Jason, the birthday Bizzles, um, twenty six years old. If you guys missed the first episode, which again, the phenomenon of the fact that the second episode gets more plays than the first episode doesn't really make much sense, especially considering we talk about it all the time. Uh, phenomenon. There, <laughs> there is a there is a first phenomenon. episode. If you're listening right now, uh, please go check that out. We preview the first five games. Uh, which are the Chiefs, Titans, the, Wa- the Washington Packers, Bengals, Ravens, Panthers, Giants, and Falcons, Dolphins. Um, go check that out. And also go check out the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. You get everything you need to dominate fantasy football, period. You get fantasy player cards, a start-sit tool, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, game logs, usage charts, faster than anybody else in the industry, and the exclusive stats that you only get from Brodo, true throw value, true target value, true performance value, and adjusted air yards. Stats that have come in handy already for us in predicting some stuff for, hopefully, you guys and for ourselves. Uh, the reason why we are able to do this is because of patreon.com slash brodofantasy. The patrons over at patreon.com are so good to us, and they are the fuel that makes this car Go. Uh, c- cargo. Cargo. We're a, a cargo car. Green. What does that mean? We're a green company. No bad emissions coming out. No. You said fuel that makes this car go. Oh, I mean, we we use batteries. <laughs> I think that's our, our biggest uh, footprint. But with that being said, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. And please join Patreon.com if you're interested. We have a whole bunch of stuff there. Extra episodes, you can play in leagues with us, access to the Discord, team consultations, which go back in episode one, you'll hear a, a successful team consultation that we just did, and tons more. DFS optimizers, Michael goes into the lineups, you would have cashed, you, we give you six lineups, two for DraftKings, two for FanDuel, two for Yahoo, you would have cashed in every single one of those lineups last week. Uh, the mastermind himself, the mathematician, Santiago Casanova, uh, wrote the algorithm himself, and it has been paying off big time. For our patrons, our patrons probably already made their money back in stuff that we get them. So, uh, all right, so let's get into this this extraordinary, exquisite week of, you know, bad for fantasy. We went over in episode one why, but great for us as analysts because we get four less games to analyze. And hey, it you'll. saves us a lot of time. That's like a, a quarter of our uh, our time. Three, three less games. Jason, what did you what did you do with your save time this week? Grilled cheese. A lot of stuff. Michael, it's been Mike, a long week. Michael put a lot. Michael did a lot of grilled cheeses. No, I was just assuming Jason made a grilled cheese for absolutely no. Jason has. I don't think he's ever made a grilled cheese in his life. 
No, I made fried rice. Grilled cheese goes into the a homemade grilled cheese goes into the um the health factor test that me and Jason have. What's that? Is this delicious enough for how bad it is for you? <laughs> a homemade grilled cheese, absolutely not. If you're getting like a some fire grilled cheese from somewhere else, maybe. There's not a homemade grilled there's cheese. There's only one one exception to that rule, I think. Like you're thinking of grilled cheese how we used to make it. Put two pieces of cheese, a toast in the toaster oven. One no, of the no, no, no. Well, I'm talking about not even like buttering the bread and shit. No, no, I'm talking about like, on the pan though. Yeah, yeah, on the pan. Psh, yo, grilled cheese on a pan is pretty good with some butter. So it is. It is the, if you're gonna do a grilled cheese, you have to go all out. Yeah. You need to put butter. You need to put a lot of cheese. Like if you're just gonna put like a slice or two and like a little bit of butter, and then you're just gonna have bread with a little bit of cheese. And like, it's not really that filling. It's not worth it. Like I'd rather go get a cheeseburger. I'd rather get like a. Tikka masala, like the heavy cream sauce. It's heavy, but it's super Ooh, delicious. Nice play by the Browns. So, like, I'd rather get something like that. Sniffed out by the Broncos, though. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I agree. With said you. I'd rather have tikka masala than a grilled cheese, <laughs> bro. Because you know, if tikka masala was healthier for you, that like that sauce, it's it's a lot of cream in it and shit. So it's like pretty fattening. I'd, I'd eat it more often because that shit is super delicious. You know, the tikka masala sauce is with, last time? is with coconut cream, so high fat. But not, but not oh, good so to know. bad I didn't for know it's coconut. Yeah, it's coconut. Good to know. Last time, me and Michael, uh, the Indian place by us is Tika, Indian Grill. It's amazing. Last time we were there, Michael, do you remember what the waiter told us? Hmm. What do you tell us? Brick killed a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you remember what the waiter told us? Oh, man, that was oh, good. Yeah. All right, all right. So Jason so far uh, in the lead in our bet. Uh, but that was a good one. <laughs> All right, let's get to our next one. Let's go to our first game. Excuse me. The Jets at the Patriots. Ugh. Blech. Our last our last episode was so good. There was Falcons, Dolphins, Bengals, Ravens, Washington Packers, Chiefs, Titans, which all promised to be high-scoring games with bad defenses and good offenses. Jets, Patriots. Ugh. Um, neither team's offense is lighting the world on fire. The Jets' defense is getting shit on in the media and in fantasy circles for good reason. But I don't think people realize that the Jets have been on the field so much. And if you watch them play-by-play play like we do, this is actually a good defense. This is a good defense, and they are just being asked to do something that's beyond their control at the moment. So, with that being said, let's start on the Jets side because I think there's only one real Jet that I'm excited about. Michael Carter. Now, Corey Davis could be a good play in this game, but against the Patriots last time, Corey Davis did nothing. This is the this is one of the first matchups, too, where you've or, we've already seen the Jets and the Patriots play. And this and now it was it's an gonna absolute be, debacle. It was a time. debacle, and now it's at Foxborough. That was at that was at home. Um, I mean, Zach Wilson is more, you know, established. It is after a bye week. I, I like Carter because he was getting most of the work before he before the bye week, and bye weeks are usually where rookies make their last make their stand to take over a role, particularly rookie running backs. You see it a lot. You see it happen a lot after bye weeks. I think that could be the case for Michael Carter. Um, that's why I'm excited about Michael Carter in this one in his ability and his and his usage. I'm not excited about the matchup. And Corey Davis, I'm not excited either. It's just I'd rather stay away from the Jets if I can if I can avoid them this week. But I know in the bipocalypse, Corey Davis is probably going to be a must-start and Michael Carter can be a flex play. Look, at the end of the day, I know it's ugly, but the Jets played the Patriots already, and they just had a bye week. So, like, 
They've had two weeks to prepare against a team that they've already played. True. It should look better than last. That's true. I'd be shocked if it was as bad as last time, honestly. It's hard to be that bad. Yeah. Um, so who are you, who are you looking at in this game, Jay? I mean, it's really just Carter and Davis, and then Jamison Crowder is a some flex appeal, I think. Deeper PPR flex appeal. It, it's Definitely tough with Crowder because, like, yeah, because you could look at the Falcons game where he was expected to do a lot, and he put up four for twenty-four. But he'll always have his role. He'll always be a part of the offense. Four for twenty-four is probably his floor. It's not great, obviously, but it's someone to consider. I don't hate it if you have to start him. I'm going to go super deep. Tyler Croft is probably going to be out, which means Ryan Griffin gets all the tight end reps. I would not start mm. Ryan Griffin, but maybe the dart throw touchdown of the week. Michael definitely picked some sleeper-ass sleepers at tight end last week. That that worked out. Yes. So, hmm, interesting. And i do it again. Who who would you rather play a tight end, him uh him or Tommy Tremble? I'd rather start Griffin. Why? What? Tommy Tremble only scores on <laughs> Russian touchdowns. This is a this is a dynasty. This is a dynasty league. Uh, uh, Word, you're starting Tommy Tremble. <laughs> I have I have jo- George Kittle and fucking Irv Smith are both injured. Um, Jets at Patriots is the game we're talking about. Let's go over to the Patriots side. I mean, the Nelson Aguilar experiment is over. Um, Jacoby Myers. Oh, Jason, Jason, do you want to rant about Jacoby Myers or could I? Jason's Take ranted about away, Jacoby Myers several times. On Yahoo, Jacoby yeah, Myers Jacoby Myers is projected 13 points. Aye, aye, aye. He's projected to score the highest score that he's had all year. What on God's green earth has given Yahoo the idea that Jacoby Myers is capable of scoring 13 points? You know, someone was showing some trepidation towards true throw value um, earlier in the year. We had a, a nice back and forth about it. Definitely not like disrespectful or anything. But I was bar using it. Huh? Trepidation is a bar. <laughs> oh. But he was, he was, we were talking about it because Jacoby Myers. He was one of those guys who was saying, oh, Jacoby Myers has like, Maybe he could end up being a wide receiver one or wide receiver two if he starts finding the end zone. And I'm like, no, like look at his true throw val- his true target value. He's doing exactly what's expected right now based on the targets from Mac Jones. And it's been two weeks since then and it's been like his two worst weeks of the season. So yeah, true throw values for the win, y'all. Yeah, I mean, th- there's nothing appealing about that guy. Uh I don't understand. And it sucks because I'm trying to make deals. I ended up making three deals in my in my in my money league this this week. I'm very, I'm very excited about these deals, but I'm trying to wheel and deal with a guy who has Jacoby Myers as his starting wide receiver three, and I'm trying to tell him like, "Yo, you need a wide receiver three. And he's like, "No, no, no, I got Jacoby Myers." I'm like, no, no, you don't. He sucks. Unless and, he finally finds the end zone, but he's projected 13 points. That he has zero career touchdowns, zero. So what is what is Yahoo telling us that he's going to catch six balls for 100 yards? He's not. The projection systems are all uh, they're all projection based. So if they have like point four touchdowns, they do like six times point four, two point four points, and add that to the total. I, For those who don't know, yeah, behind I, lo- the I, I lost you. I lost you. Um, 
All right, so let's talk so about the Patriots. Yeah. Let's let's try to tar- talk about the Patriots that you do want. But start. I do want to add. Hunt. Oh, I yeah. think yo, this is gonna sound stupid. Jason's been calling me stupid all week. Kendrick Bourne, man, he had like one catch. Dumb, he had one catch stupid. last week, but he now has ten or more PPR fantasy points in three of the last four weeks. Uh, that's that's something to to. And- Holy mackerel, Kendrick Bourne! <laughs> Holy mackerel! <laughs> I mean. <It's- laughs> But here's the thing, though. It's the bipocalypse. These are the kind of guys people are looking yeah. for. Yeah, and if we're looking for a deep play, a desperation-type play, I think Kendrick Bourne is the perfect desperation-type play because even last week when we saw one target, ended up being a 75-yard touchdown. He's had games where he's seen five-plus targets. He's been good since he's gotten involved, more involved in the offense. So I like Kendrick Bourne as that desperation dart throw this week, man. I think he ends up having the best game among Patriots wide receivers. There you go. Boom. Born greater than Myers. And take it from a, a Jets fan as well. Like a lot of people are like, oh yeah, the Jets secondary. The only reason why people aren't scoring on the Jets secondary is because people are running on them so easily. And there is truth to that. But at the same time, uh, one of the bre- best kept secrets in the NFL this year is Bryce Hall. Bryce Hall is a fifth round pick two years ago. That would have been a first round pick, but he got hurt. Fell to the fifth round. Out of UVA. Out of the, out of UVA. He's balling for the Jets right now. One of the, like, balling. He's, he's playing a great corner. So, look, yes, a lot, of, a lot of the passing, a lot of the struggles for passers is because teams are running the ball so effectively against the Jets. But with that being said, Bryce Hall is breaking up a lot of passes right now. And he's, he's covering a lot of good receivers very well. So, that leads me to the middle of the field, Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry has taken over the pass-catching role that Jonu Smith was assumed to have. It's strange that they gave both these guys such big contracts and they don't target both of them, kind of like in the Gronk-Hernandez days. But with that being said, Hunter Henry seems like a really good play in this game, and I'm excited to play him. Jason, how do you feel about Hunter Henry? At this point, you're going to start him. Um, But I'll caution a little bit on what you were saying. Like last week, for example, Hunter Henry only ran 19 routes. John Du Smith ran 10. Like, they're both not running that many routes in general. But Hunter Henry did find the end zone. And he's been productive for a few games in a row now. So in the ugly tight end landscape, yeah, you're starting Hunter Henry. But you're not getting a blow-up game. I don't think you're ever going to get a... You're not going to get a blow-up game from any Patriot this season. If you're starting a Patriot, you're going to get 8 to 12 points. All right, so here's where Michael's going to get mad at me, guys. Why is this? I like Damian Harris in this game. I think that's obvious. Are you ready? Michael, prepare yourself. Oh, boy. Are you ready? Shoot. I man, need you to be ready. Shoot, will you? I think Ramondre Stevenson is a good start in this game. And I quit. Aye, aye. Last week, he got with the pod, three targets and three receptions. Touched the ball eight times. Scored a touchdown, so I had a decent game. The week before that, yes, there was injuries. Touched the ball 11 times. It's against the Jets who are the second-best matchup against running backs. I think Ramondre Stevenson has flex potential in this week. What say you? No. That's do, it. Do I need to expand? Just no. We are talking about a Patriots running attack that has been the worst spot to attack for fantasy production this year among all running back fields. I don't know if that's entirely accurate, but I'm assuming it's close. Um Damien Harris is going to get the early down work. Damien Harris is still, excuse me, Brandon Bolden is still getting involved in the passing game, even though Ramondre Stevenson did kind of just 
take over last week. Um, maybe Ramondre Stevenson has taken over as a pass catching back, but again, he only saw three targets last week. He just happened to rush in for a touchdown as well. Like Ramondre Stevenson is a backup running back on a team that has been terrible rushing. So unless there's a game where the Patriots go up early and they just run over and over and over and maybe try to get Stevenson more reps, maybe something like that happens, but I have no interest at all in starting Ramondre Stevenson. And I think people are just trying to make him a thing because he's a rookie and they're like hyped about it. It's, it's, it's silly in my opinion. Well, I don't think it's silly. I think Ramondre Stevenson has flex potential in this game because I think you're silly. If he takes over the James White role, then that's a role that has been historically very good for the Jets. Now, those are two against, against the, the Jets. Jets. Those are two big ifs. So, you know, not guaranteeing that it's going to happen, but I think that he's, you can do worse than starting Ramondre Stevenson in this matchup. Um, any, any other players you want to talk about in this matchup? No, I think we're good. Yeah. No Elijah Moore? Uh, let's go over to the Eagles at the Raiders. No Elijah Moore for now. So... I was wrong on all my Raiders predictions last week. Uh, that was a big miss. Uh, the reason why is because I thought that the Raiders were going to play kind of down. They were in this, they were in the, the the gutter. But Michael kind of mentioned that hey, you know the Raiders they like John Gruden. They're kind of on his side and they kind of want to win for him. And well, not on his side. Well, you know what I mean. They they support him. Uh, Derek Carr said, "I hate the sin, but I love the man." Right. So that was basically the what how the team felt for the most part. You, know, you also had, you know, Carl Nassib sit out practice for a day uh, to show protest. But with that being said, Michael, you pulled up some cool coaching stats from the stats from the Brodo app. Uh gave you a little insight on on how the Raiders changed after Gruden. Yeah, um just the one Little, it's only a one game sample, so it's a very small sample, and you don't know how trustworthy it was. A good game be, script, too, so that's probably has something yeah. to do with it. John Gruden, under John Gruden, the Raiders were the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh most pass happy team, 62.9 pass percentage um, from weeks one through five. In week six, under Rich Bisaccia, they were the third least pass heavy team, past 54% of the time. So they're running the ball more often. But again, maybe I had to do a game script. We'll see how it goes this week. Um, but I thought it was interesting to note either way. Uh, yeah, I think so too. It's good. I think this is good news for Josh Jacobs. Um, I think this is also good news for Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake came to life Balled uh, in out. this game. My man. Now, he didn't touch the ball that much. But what he did do with the ball when he had it is probably going to give him more reps. I wouldn't be surprised if we see this as more of a shared backfield than before. Also, uh, coming in, what's the, the new coach? I, I'm, I, for some reason, I forgot his name. Rich Bisacci. Rich Bisacci. He His first order of business was Peyton Barber got the healthy scratch. So uh, he's coming in and letting people know that he'll, Peyton Barber will not be the starting running back for the Oakland Raiders. It's going to be Josh Jacobs, and it's going to be Kenyon Drake. And they played well. So... How are you looking at this running back backfield? Sorry, with you, Jay. Yeah, I don't know about all that, man. Ken Andrick played 12 snaps. Richard played six. Uh, eight, sorry. And then Josh Jacobs was out there with 16 rushes and a target. Exactly what he did 
earlier in the year. Uh, in, since he returned from injury, week five, 15 rushes, four, five targets. Week four, 13 rushes, five targets. I don't think much change there. I know that Kenyon Drake found the end zone twice, but I'm not, I'm not like banking on him to go over some role. I think Josh Jacobs is a strong RB two this week. I actually have and Josh I, Jacobs as I, my RB twelve, so I'm, I'm high on Josh Jacobs this week. Yeah, I have him at thirteen. I like him as well. I, I'm not trusting Kenyon Drake. Yeah, I didn't drop Drake in our home league to see if something changed um, this weekend. It didn't change too much. He played, first off, at least. Like, the prior two weeks, he didn't really play at all. But only four rush attempts and only two targets and two receptions. But, I mean, he made the most of it, clearly. Beautiful chair out out of the backfield for a touchdown. Broke out a rushing touchdown. So, maybe he is playing his way into getting more reps. It is a new coach. It is a guy who got the highest paid backup. I was going to say, he makes, he makes the fucking money. Why, like, why yeah. not use him? Yeah. And he proved that he can be a valuable piece. Um... But yeah, Josh Jacobs has actually been decent this year when healthy. Um, we Josh Jacobs last year was a big disappointment, so a lot of people were sleeping on him this year. He hasn't been tremendous, but he also hasn't been bad, right? Like in the games he's played, sixteen and a half, eight point two, and then back to back fourteen point seven. Definitely playable. Um, I don't think he has the huge upside. Um, other than like he needs to score, he has to have a two touchdown game to be an RB one, in my opinion. Because he doesn't really catch that many passes. The targets went back down to one last week in the first game under new coaching. So I'm gonna I'm interested to see if that changes. Um But I mean, yeah, you obviously start Josh Jacobs as a RB two this week. It's a good matchup against Philly as well. Maybe he does find the end zone twice for the first time and ends up as an RB one, but I, I'd like to trust him more as an RB two. Some player some people likely have him as their RB one this week due to the bi- apocalypse. Uh yeah, I mean, I, I like Josh Jacobs. I think Josh Jacobs, what he's giving you is a lot more, a lot easier to swallow at his ADP of the fifth round this year than it was last year. But he's also been a lot more consistent this year. I mean, he he hasn't had a game under eight points, which isn't like saying much, but like one game of eight and then three games over 14, between 14 and 17. He had the ceiling last year, though. He had a ceiling last year, but he also had a ridiculously low floor. Of yeah. multiple games under five points. That shit is what infuriates people. Um, let's go over to the Eagles side. Uh, actually, we haven't talked about the Raiders' pass-catching options at all. Let's talk about, I mean, Darren Waller, you're obviously playing, although he hasn't been the guy that you kind of expected when you took him with that pick. He's still getting a lot of targets. He's still running a whole a lot of routes. I'm, be I'm patient. holding out hope. Yeah, yeah be patient. Um, and then the outside guys in this, in this matchup, Philly's secondary is awful. There's really no way to put it nicely. I think Henry Ruggs could be a sneaky play in this game. He, Henry Ruggs has been surprisingly consistent. It's like He has at least one 25-yard catch in every single game this year, which is pretty nuts. And also, I think you're hating on the Philly pass defense a little too much. They're only allowing 211 passing yards per game, which is fifth in the league right now. Maybe I'm maybe I'm I'm bugging out. Yeah, they actually have not been a good matchup for wide receivers so far this season. Shockingly, is that, is that your? Yeah, I, I guess that my uh, I'm, I'm, I spoke a little early on that one. Well, they're they're 21st against QBs, so not a good matchup for QBs. 21st, like best rank against QBs, and then yeah, 29th against. I guess they've been getting run on. 
So, yeah. with that being said, it's the Josh Jacobs show in this one, and maybe Henry Ruggs. I still think Henry Ruggs has a chance to do something in this game. Yeah, Ruggs is an explosive guy, and he keeps making explosive plays. So, he's definitely the highest ceiling. I still think Hunter Renfro is a locked and loaded wide receiver three PPR play as well. I don't think one down game um, gets him out of that territory. Michael, sometimes you drive me crazy, bro. This, this guy, oh. Michael's like, I'm not interested in this. I'm not interested in that. And then he uses the word locked and loaded PPR RB, wide receiver three. Like yeah. You said that in a sentence. Hunter Renfro has been a lock for double digits this year. Last year this was guy. his first down game. This guy. If you want 10 to 15 PPR points, Hunter Renfro is your guy. Jason, what are we going to do with this guy? Jay, you just, like, do you disagree with do. me? or br- 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 Where's the fucking gabagoo? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Aye, aye, aye. Let's go over to um, let's go over to the next game, or the, I'm sorry, the next team, uh, the Eagles side. Jason, your boy, your boy, Jalen Hurts in a matchup against the Raiders. Um, Jaboykin. Yeah, how you feeling? The Raiders, you know, they've been pretty good against wide receivers, uh, but you're not really concerned about the quarterback throwing the ball much. Um, so the wide receivers, you're not, you're not really, it's, it's, it's whatever anyway. Uh, against the quarterback, you know, they've been middle of the pack, 20, 23rd, 17.47 points to the quarterback. Um, they haven't really been getting rushed on by quarterbacks, but those are, those are strange stats, those rushing stats uh, by the quarterback. Uh, they're giving up 23 yards per game to the quarterback on the ground on four and a half attempts. Mm, not really something you can you can project because it all depends on which team you, you are facing. So with that being said, Jason, how are you looking at your boy, Jalen Hurts? You're starting him, man, and you're starting him happily, and you're going to be stressed out for the first three quarters, and then you're going to party in the fourth quarter because that's just how he's been rolling. Look, the only fact is that Jalen Hurts is the only quarterback with a QB1 finish every single week. The guy is a fantasy football cheat code. You're starting him happily. It doesn't even matter if his receivers aren't doing much because the only person you're considering starting is Devontae Smith. And Devontae Smith has had up and down games. Michael cautioned against him last week. And this week, you're probably starting Devontae Smith if you have him. Yeah. Because he's probably been your wide receiver three or flex. And now you have to start him because of a bye. And it's not the worst matchup. So he's a good start. Dallas Goddard's also a good start. So I expect Jalen Hurts to keep doing Jalen Hurts things. Yeah, the true throw value isn't there for Hertz. Obviously, he has not been the most efficient quarterback this season, but he keeps putting up points. It has led to some inconsistencies from the pass catchers. But with Zach Ertz gone, Dallas Goddard is now the every down main pass catching tight end. And Vegas has given up four. That's good. Vegas has given up fourteen and fourteen point two points to the tight end this year. Sixth worst in the league. It's a good matchup for tight ends. It's a good situation. Yo, Dallas Goddard is probably one of my favorite risers right now. Stock definitely up Dallas Goddard, like like I mentioned on Monday. Because, yo, the reason why we don't like Goddard is because Ertz was there. But now that Ertz isn't there, Goddard's just kind of a smash play every week. Yeah, I mean, I'm, he's definitely a startable tight end one every week. I still think there's going to be some down games because Jalen Hurts has been inconsistent throwing the ball. But, yeah, with the tight end landscape the way it is, He's definitely a locked and loaded tight end one. Can I use locked and loaded tight end one in this instance? 
I mean, locked and loaded good. For locked and loaded tight end one and locked and loaded wide receiver three for PPR are two different sentences. Um, <laughs> can I uh, can I interest you in a little bit of of Devonte Smith? I know you 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 touched on him, Jason. Well, like Jason said, if you have Devonte Smith, you're likely starting him this week, and it's a good good spot for him to have a good game. But you know the downside is there as well because. You could have a game like last week. It all looks like it's lined up to be great against Tampa Bay, and then Jalen Hurts just can't really get it going. Miles Sanders, what a disappointment he's been. Not because he hasn't been good. The dude's been balling out. Um, one of the better running backs in the league so far this year. Problem is just not touching the ball. Kenneth Gainwell is becoming Naheem Hines. You just cannot. Hey, Kenneth Gainwell is kind of really fallen off over these past couple of weeks. He's Naheem Hines. He'll have a 13 or 14 point week follow after like a seven point week. You're like, oh, maybe this is an uptick. And then he'll have two two point weeks in a row. And then all of a sudden, I'm telling you, one of these weeks is going to pop out for like 20. This is the Naheem Hines playbook. Yeah, we'll see. I like Sanders this week, though, as a uh, look, if you have Sanders again, you're likely starting him because of apocalypse and you spent high draft capital on him. But um, we're talking about a running back who the coaches just said they want to get him more involved. They got him more involved in the second half, and that's when the offense started moving. Um, when they f- were actually getting him involved on the ground and even through the air a little bit. Um, this is a top top 10 matchup here for opposing running backs. So I think Miles Sanders has sneaky, sneaky RB1 upside this week if they actually mean it when they say they want to get him more involved. Interesting, interesting. All right, let's go on. I think on. that's an absurd statement. I think you're an absurd statement. All right, that's uh, that's sneaky RB one is an absurd statement for Miles Sanders. This guy is running back thirty eight during the bye apocalypse. I have Chuba. I have worse Chuba Hubbard. Gaskin, worse than Mike Davis. As worse my, than JD McKissick. I have Chuba Hubbard as my RB twelve this week. Jay, there's not a zero percent chance that Miles Sanders outscores Chuba Hubbard. You said a good chance. I said there's not a zero percent chance. That I is. don't give a fuck what you said. It's a <laughs> dumbass statement. You're you're mean, bro. You're mean to me sometimes. Hey, it's his birthday tomorrow. Be nice. It's both our birthdays tomorrow. That's true. <laughs> Be nice to each other. Ooh, we got ourselves an out of bounds almost Tim Patrick touchdown. Ooh. Tim Patrick has scored between uh I think is nine and twelve points every week. Yeah, he's putting that um in jeopardy right now. He's doing the James Washington. He's doing the James White from a couple of years ago. Remember when James White had like seven games in a row of between, between 10 like and 12? between ten and twelve. That's what Mike Davis is doing. Every single game between ten and twelve. Revenge is in the next game. Revenge. The Lions at the Rams in a Matt Stafford revenge game. Ayo. Uh, listen, this is probably going to be hey guys. Uh, this is a good one. I saw Pat Fitzmorris said this. Return of the Matt. <laughs> uh, that I was expecting so much more when he uh, when he said that. No, that's good. That's well, this is good. A guy, this it's is a guy who's going to take out all of no his, Tim. It's good. He's going to take out all of his frustrations with no offensive line and no defense uh, for his entire career, no wins, and he's going to take it all out on the lines this week, and it's going to be ugly. Uh, I think it's a good week for Cup. I think it's a good week. Basically, play your Rams. I think Daryl Henderson goes absolutely crazy. I have Daryl Henderson. I think is my RB four this week. Yeah, sign me up for some Hendo, baby. I play play your Rams. I would even take a shot on on Van Jefferson if you are in a bipocalypse situation. I think that, that you could play. You could have worse dart throws than Van Jefferson in this one. In a DFS like super sixteen league 
maybe dart throw on Deshaun Jackson. Like no, I, I think, I'd rather go Van Jefferson than Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, you're right for sure. But I'm saying, but what I'm trying to get at is that there's so much to go around that everyone's a play in this game, um, including Higby. Everyone, Jason, do you disagree? No, not at all, Michael. I think it's a it's gonna rain, rain touchdowns for the Rams, guys. Tyler Higby leads all tight ends in red zone targets with nine. That's interesting. Keep rolling him out there. The thing is, he's he is the definition of touchdown or bust. Like he doesn't do anything in the middle of the field. It's touchdown or bust. Hey, red zone I targets. Mean, last are, last are week good, he though. went like six for fifty or something. Yeah. Okay. I, I guess that is you're right. That is something for a tight end. I take that back. It, he doesn't do nothing. But he, you know, six for fifty. If you're in a PPR league, that's eleven points. I guess that's fine. But in in a non PPR league, you're you're you know you're just kind of treading water there. So, yeah, keep rolling him out if he's getting those targets, and especially in this game. Uh, it's a it's a no brainer. Yeah, start your Rams. Um, let's go. Even to- Robert Woods, you're likely starting by apocalypse, even though he's had a down season. I mean, he's Luckily been good the last the end games. zone last week, but it was still only two receptions, which is not ideal. Yeah. Uh, Robert Woods is definitely a sell high right now. Uh, I would sell Robert Woods 1,000%. Um, let's go over to the there line. There goes the earnest. Yeah? How how long? Uh, roughly 18 yards. Uh, roughly 20 points, baby. Oh, maybe. Did he go over 100? I got the, the point bonus. Definitely went over 100, yes. Stupid oh, 21.6 points. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm starting to DeArnest Johnson in so many places. He always got a good running back. He's very elusive. Very, very quick to, like, he's... He has terrible measurables, but he does look better. Than, very elusive. Uh, than very, very quick cutting. Uh, you know, I, I, I knew this kid when I was young. Quickest cutter I've ever known. He was never fast, He was never, but he cut... He can cut like and not slow down at all. Maybe it was um, Dearness Johnson. He's maybe about your age. Maybe it was uh yeah, maybe it was Dearness. Uh, Dearness Johnson is way younger than me. No, I think he's more mine than Jason's age, even younger, I think. Yeah. Um All right, so the Lions side. Jared Goff revenge. Up. Up. This is not a game Up. to start your That's Lions. what you're trying to do, Tim? Up. 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 You start Up. DeAndre Swift because you start DeAndre Swift every week and this is great for Garbage time. He is the Jalen Hurts of running backs when it comes to fourth quarter garbage time scoring, um, which is why we don't want to crown him as like a top five RB like everyone else is. Let's see if that improves. Um, Jamal Williams is playing less and less, though, which is a good sign for DeAndre Swift moving forward. But time will tell um, over the next couple. I, I, I would I would caveat that with he's been playing less and less because game script has determined that. It's not as though Fair the enough. game plan has Tim's changed. defending... Tim's defending Jamal Williams. I mean, this is why I said don't draft Jamal Williams. Why do you want to back up running back on a bad offense? But whatever. Whatever. Anywho, you start the underswift and that's it. I don't want to hear Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't want to hear Khalif Raymond. Like, their wide receivers are a complete shit show, and they just continue to be. I have no interest in those wide receivers. What are you going to get on a good game out of these guys? Four catches for 64 yards? Find that somewhere else. Um, I will tell you this. Against the tight end, the Rams... Oh, of course, the tight end. Uh, Hawkinson, too. I just Right, you have to play Hawkinson. Yeah. Against the tight end, the Rams have been vulnerable. They've given up 62 yards a game um, to the tight end, according to Football Outsiders, and nine targets per game to the tight end. Oh, no, Jarvis Landry just limped off. They've given up 10... Oh, no. 
first game back from injury. That's not good, especially because the 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 Browns are are feeling it right now. That's unfortunate. Uh, ten point four eight a game to the tight end, which is not crazy, but considering the the most points given up to the tight end in the entire league is sixteen a game, it gives you a, a good indication that you know T.J. Hawkinson could have a good game. Um. I think the Rams, Michael, you've mentioned the Rams multiple times have a bend but don't break defense. They allow people to run on them, and they don't allow people to pass on them. So I think that Jamal Williams is a, is a good bipocalypse flex play in this in this, uh, in this this game. DeAndre Swift, lock him up as a high-end RB2, low-end RB1. And, yeah. I, Definitely I, an RB1 in bipocalypse. It's bipocalypse, though. So if you had to play a Detroit wide receiver, it's Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, if I had to. Maybe Khalif Raymond if St. Brown gets Jalen Ramsey though. Well, Jalen Ramsey like goes around the formation, so I don't. I I definitely against the Lions. I don't see him isolate. Like I gotta shut down Amon Ra St. Brown. Make sure you guard St. Brown. I wouldn't be surprised if he takes some Hawkinson. He's interesting. He's the type of he's the type that does that. Uh, It's interesting. Are you scared T.J. Hawkinson wasted his two best performances on (laughs) weeks one and two? (laughs) It's not wasted. I got wins. Oh man. Um, Let's go over to. Used his two best performances of weeks one and two. Used the up. next game. The Bears <laughs> at the Bucks. The Bears. Lenny, Lenny, Lenny Fournette. The Bears. Oh, if, hold on, guys. We forgot something. What? <laughs> people, it's not even like audible who, anymore like it's just and we're not even talking about the raiders people who like people who are just listening to this for the first time like they just said that they forgot to do something yo dearness johnson Broncos is a fucking animal they just bro. won they just now they could just kneel run out the clock the he's an animal what a joke absolute animal the broncos have also we forgot to mention or maybe you guys did but i just wanted to say daryl henderson season yeah we mentioned that um the Bears at the Bucks is our next game. Leonard Fournette. If you were to tell me I would have Leonard Fournette ranked as my RB4 in – no, I'm sorry, my RB6 in week – what is this, seven? I would tell you you're crazy. But here we are. Leonard Fournette is one of the safer running backs in the league somehow. Dearness Johnson right now has 152 total yards at a touchdown. If you started Dearness Johnson like I did, congratulations. Um, the Bears at the Bucks. Let's go to Leonard Fournette. I don't see any reason to fade Leonard Fournette in this game. I have utmost confidence in him. How do you guys feel about the running game? Jay? I thought you I, I think that I think that Leonard Fournette is a wonderful start. Get a load of this, guys, because like he's it's not like he started the season as the main back. I mean he kind of did, but you know, Ronald Jones was there. He's yeah. not what he is now. Regardless, he's fifth in the entire league, all positions in red zone opportunities. Fifth. Yeah, he's nice. been seeing OD red zone touches regardless of his playing time. And now he's on the field all the time for Tom Brady. What does that mean? That means he's been a top fifteen running back three weeks in a row. Keep firing up Lenny. Yeah. Um, Antonio Brown might not 100%. play in this game. He's a little tweaked up. If he does play, I like him. I think that Antonio Brown, when all three play, my favorite bet is Antonio Brown to produce, which is kind of wild. Mike Evans has been inconsistent, but when Antonio Brown was out last time, he balled out. Chris Godwin leads the league in red zone, in red zone targets. Did you know that? Nope. 
Yet he only has what? I actually, he did one or two touchdowns. Jason, since you on uh, since you obviously have done your research about the Bucks wide receivers, what is Are your you, like, shitting on me right now? Because I didn't know that one Chris Godwin stat. No. You said that bad sarcastically. Since you've <laughs> obviously done your research, that nothing to do with you like, though. Despite me, Jay, it didn't no, come off was... like that. No, you sensitive bitch. <laughs> yeah, right. What the it fuck? Came off like that for sure. <laughs> it's, 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 it's my birthday. I'm gonna cry if I want to. Yeah, cry not, if I I'm want to. Not a to. sensitive bitch either. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, uh, what Is are that, your that gift? What the, are your thoughts? Your what are your the thoughts? Kid, when his that mom are, drops him off at school, that are certainly more <laughs> well educated than Michael's. No, it's just it's interesting. This, Yo, Dearness, the, they know it's coming room. and they still can't stop him. Yep. Sorry, Jason. Go ahead. Uh, it's an interesting receiving room because Godwin leads the league in red zone targets, but he's been the worst of the bunch. If you look at adjusted air yards, Mike Evans is second in the league overall, so he's been money. Antonio Brown's thirty fourth. Godwin's last, forty sixth. So he's not seeing a lot of. Catchable air yards. Forty six is fine, but it's nothing to write home about. Even though he's seeing red zone targets. Meanwhile, Antonio Brown is thirteen or more PPR points in five out of six games. Right now, Chris Godwin is honestly the fourth best fantasy option on that team because right now Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, and Antonio Brown. I prefer to Chris Godwin. And this is two years in a row end. now, man. Yeah. And I know Michael might bitch about like Godwin being a reliable wide receiver too, yada yada. Whatever. It's two years in a row now where he's just been bleh. He'll get you fourteen points. He'll get you eight, nine points. Big deal. Michael, he, he never has blow up games. Man, the thing Michael, that Michael, my mind... hold on, Michael, speak. Uh, you're bleh bleh. What? <laughs> oh, because this doesn't matter what I'm gonna say. I don't know anything. Go ahead. No, it's because Jason said you're gonna talk. You're bleh bleh. So oh, please talk. Bleh, 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 bleh. Please talk. Guys, bleh. last week Antonio Brown saw 13 targets and played 37 snaps, 49% of snaps. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin both played over 90% of snaps. This is just like a thing that keeps happening. I don't know how Antonio Brown just continues to get so many touches and so many targets as Tim goes absolutely nuts because Dearness Johnson. Slid oh. down to waste the clock instead of getting in the end zone. Dearness just slid down and, 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 and fast up a touchdown. Probably coming back I think it's a holding. But man, I just like I still prefer Mike Evans and I still prefer Chris Godwin. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just stubborn, but I still think Antonio Brown is third of this bunch. I'm not taking someone who's getting 49 percent of the snaps over someone who's getting 93 percent of the snaps and has also had productive games. I just can't do it. Well, guess what? You can't do it all the and, way to worst fantasy yeah. performances. Well, either way, Antonio Brown might end up missing the game. So there's that. But start, I mean, you start even OJ Howard, if Rob Gronkowski's out again, OJ Howard took over last week as like the main, not only blocking tight end, but also pass catching tight end. Um, and he had a very nice fantasy game. Like Tim said, I started him in my, uh, of course, Dearness Johnson on third and seven got the first down. I started He's him. He's been balling, man, against a good defense. Had sixty five percent of the snaps last week, and he saw a lot of targets. That was his uh season high, sixty five percent of snaps, tied for a season high. So I mean, sign me up for OJ Howard if Rob Gronkowski is out again. Yo, the Browns are deep, man. The Browns have Case Keenum and Dearness Johnson just beat the Broncos, who are not a bad team. Although the Broncos 
played a lot of bad teams in the beginning of the year, and people overhyped them because they beat bad teams. <clears throat> Same as the Panthers. Speaking of, let's go. Let's speaking of bad teams. Let's go over to the Bears. Um, man, <laughs> the Bucks' pass defense has been horrible. It's been a great uh, matchup for fantasy wide receivers. One of the best matchups for fantasy wide receivers. I still don't have any confidence in these wide receivers. Um, Allen Robinson has obviously been one of the one of the worst. They were they're the seventh best, averaging thirty three points to the wide receiver, thirty four points if you round up. Man, what 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 can you even do though? Because Darnell Mooney, yeah, he has that one game where he had more targets than Allen Robinson. Then he did nothing. Then Allen Robinson, you watch that game. I don't know if you watched any of that game last week. I, I know you guys did watch some of that game last week. But if you watched the particular part where there was a blown coverage and Allen Robinson was by himself 20 yards down the field, there would have been a 70-yard yep. touchdown. And and Justin Fields completely missed him. And when you're talking about that, like I thought Justin Fields, because he played at Ohio State, would be a little bit more adept at – learning defenses in the NFL a little a little faster. Obviously that's not the case. So obviously Justin Fields needs some uh, needs a little bit of time. But what how are you feeling about the Justin Fields and the pass catching options against a vulnerable uh secondary? Yo, if you're starting Justin Fields this week, I'm sorry, kindly leave the room. <laughs> In like, a in a one quarterback know, in a one quarterback. in a one quarterback league, yes, and I know it's by apocalypse, but there are still better matchups like Matt Ryan to attack of Iloa. Those guys are streamable options. Jameis Winston, I'd go over Justin Fields. Justin Fields has been absolutely terrible. That Chicago Bears passing offense has been absolutely terrible. Why would you want to trust Justin Fields? He, it's not like he's played ridiculously tough. Matchups like I understand the Tampa Bay defense is a great matchup for him, but he played bad against Cleveland. He played bad against Detroit. He played bad against Vegas. He played bad against Green Bay. Are any of those teams really scary? No. Just because Tampa Bay has sucked in their secondary most of the season. I mean, they just made Jalen Hurts have a terrible passing game and Justin Fields isn't even rushing that much. Everyone's so excited because he ran for 43 rushing yards last week and 174 passing yards. Wow. There's no reason at all. You should start Justin Fields period. Just don't do it. Yeah. I mean, yes. What about Allen Robinson and, and Darnell Mooney, Jason? The only Positive argument I hear for Allen Robinson is, oh, he has a 24% target share over the last three weeks. Yeah, well, you know what? Fucking Darnell Mooney over the same span is a 33% target share. And he's also, Darnell Mooney's eighth in the league with a 26% target share over the whole season. But you know what else? Both those guys fucking suck too because <laughs> Justin Fields sucks. Look at the people with similar target shares to Darnell Mooney, Tyreek Hill, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin. Oof. Justin Fields is a giant to do. And you're either starting A-Rob and Mooney as your wide receiver three slash flex this week because you have to, or preferably you're benching them because yep. they have a quarterback who struggles to throw over 80 yards. Season high, 53 yards for Allen Robinson last week. Woo. 
season high 53 yards if you didn't hear that the first time uh darnell mooney has been a better option this year and i still like i'm not chasing mooney um and then you got khalil herbert and or damian williams i'm not playing either of them in this game there's the no way tampa I'm, bay rush i mean defense. i might have to but there's no way the Tampa Bay rush defense is just a glorious defense. Only they've only allowed a team to go over one running back to go over sixty yards against them. This dates back to last year as well. They're just the elite team against running backs. Vita Vea is uh is two men at the same time. If yeah, he's a monster. If Damian Williams is out, I think Lil Herbert's at least a volume play a volume flex play. As a uh, like he like he had seventeen rushes last year. It's by Excuse me, last like keep week. Saying. And maybe he rushes in a touchdown as well, um, if he gets a goal line carry. But if Damian Williams is activated off the COVID list on Saturday, which this guy sat out last year because of COVID and then didn't get vaccinated, someone make that make sense. <laughs> Jeez Louise, I don't understand that at all. But yeah. If he does get activated, it becomes even blurrier, which makes it harder again in a ridiculously tough matchup. But if it's only Herbert, then I think he definitely has some flex appeal, even though it's a pretty low floor as well against Tampa Bay. Um, I think a sneaky play in this game is Cole Komet. I know it's not the prettiest thing in the world, but Justin Fields has been throwing to him over 20% target share since Justin Fields came, came yeah, into play. Yeah, Mooney and A-Rob have the same target share too. Gives a fuck. I mean, it's a tight end. That's what. Because if you're getting, if you're getting like those Allen Robinson numbers from your tight end, you're very happy. And Tampa Bay's been batting as a tight end, uh, ninth best <laughs> I mean, matchup. You're not for the very tight end. happy. I mean, you're happy for starting Cole Komet. If Cole Komet could get you fucking seven points, you're like fire. Good shit, Cole Komet. Fire. Uh, but yeah, he could he could find the end zone and get you thirteen. Is what I'm telling you. So, um, be aware, Cole Komet is possible. Um, but yeah, that's it for the. Burrs. Darnell Mooney's true target value is 73rd. That's how bad Justin Fields is. Let's go to the next game. The Texans at the Cardinals. Yahoo has Kyler Murray projected for 30 points in this game. Wow, that's, that's I don't much. know what makes them say that. The Texans have been pretty good against quarterbacks. This is actually a team that is good against quarterbacks because running backs are just running on them so easily. They've been getting absolutely manhandled by running backs. It hasn't even been close. Um, but they've been getting getting manhandled uh, <laughs> by almost everyone. Um, the Texans are a bad, horrible. a bad matchup for wide receivers, too, because the Texans have been so bad. Crazy. Crazy how that works sometimes. Which Texans seems like the best matchups don't always turn out that way because teams are just too bad for it to turn out that way. Texans are averaging 122 yards and one touchdown against on the ground every game. That's a that's an amazing running back game every single game, um, so you can bet your bottom dollar that I think Chase Edmonds is playable, particularly in PPR and half PPR, and then I think James Conner gets to the end zone in this game. I think it's hard for him not to. I'd start Conner over Edmonds. Hmm. He's shown he has a higher ceiling because he has the touchdown ceiling, um, and this is a perfect rushing touchdown game for James Conner, even in a game. Last week where he didn't find the end zone, he had 16 carries and ended up getting you like seven points. Not not a game that's going seven points out of your RB2 slot or your flex. That's not the reason why you lost that week, right? Like, it's not terrible. Even if he doesn't find the end zone against Houston, he should be in line for 15-plus rushes and get you a semi-decent week. 
I think James Conner is a pretty strong play this week. Um, James Conner's fourth in the league with seven rushes inside the five. This yeah, is this is why they acquired him. To see more. He's basically Kenyon Drake of last year at this point. I said way more efficient. So more efficient, and you didn't have to pay a first or second round price tag. You got him in the tenth or eleventh round, which makes which makes it way easier to swallow as well. For sure. Uh, good start this week if you haven't picked that up yet. AJ Green has been pretty consistent. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, yeah, you're playing. AJ Green is is an option, and he is. you should play him. Yeah, I discussed AJ Green on the uh, waiver pod because he's still not super uh, highly rostered. But I mean, the guy's been a top thirty wide receiver for several weeks now, and it's it's not by accident. They spread the ball around, but AJ Green is getting targets in the red zone. He's a big weapon that Kyler Murray likes to throw to. Even like a few times, he's just like thrown it to AJ Green when he's not even open because he's just large. And AJ Green has shown that he's not completely done. He still has some juice left. So, again, this is a tough matchup for wide receivers, quote-unquote, for in fantasy because they haven't needed to throw much, and DeAndre Hopkins is obviously the alpha there. So it it does give you a little bit of a little scared, you know, for guys like Kirk, Moore, A.J. Green, maybe getting like two or three targets each, and that's about it because they don't need to throw that much. But by apocalypse week, each of these guys has shown a pretty high ceiling at some point. What about Rondo Moore? Ronald Moore is more of a risky one, but he did play his highest snap percentage last week, which is interesting. But now Zach Ertz is there, which definitely scares me for Rondell Moore because he he needs to do a lot on minimal targets from how it's been, and he didn't really do that much last week, even without a viable tight end option. Now that Ertz is there, he's definitely going to eat targets. Michael, what you just said about A.J. Green was the exact narrative I told you in the offseason of why A.J. Green might be viable, and you called me an idiot. He was coming off legitimately one of the most inefficient seasons of all time, all right? I'm just pointing that out. As like a 32-year-old <laughs> wide receiver. On the Texans side, the Cardinals defense is, is legit. The Cardinals defense is legit. Cardinals, one, oh, of, yeah. the, one of the better plays this week. Um, do you want any Texans? I think Brandon, I mean Brandon Cooks, maybe? I rank the Cardinals high. In my defense rankings last week, seven above expert consensus rankings. Booyah. Um, Only Brandon Cooks, period. That's how it's been the entire season. And I've been low on Brandon Cooks. I listed him as a sell high, which I think ended up would have been that would have been great for you if you listened um, at the time because he's had some down games recently with Davis Mills struggling. But you have to start him this week, I think, um, especially during a apocalypse against uh against the Cardinals in a game where they're probably going to have to pass a whole lot. That friend that I told you about that thinks that he has a good player in J- in Jacoby Myers, he also thinks he has a good player in Brandon Cooks. He's starting Jacoby Myers and Brandon Cooks on a weekly basis and Yahoo is treating this man wrong by telling him that these two are going to combine for 28 points. They're not. Um let's go over to the next game. This is the Sunday night game. Sunday night football on MSG. The Colts and the Niners are the best on TV. Look over there in the alley. It's Cox. <laughs> what? Alley Cox. <laughs> Mo Alley Cox. Is it going to be Lance or Jimmy G? How many tight ends are going to cast a Patch down, catch a pass for the Colts. It's three. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was good. That's what I was trying to say. That I stumbled for a million times. 
All right. With that being said, um, Colts at 49ers is the game. Um, this is a tough one because for the 49ers, again, you don't know if it's Jimmy G or Trey Lance. My money says Jimmy G. I think Jimmy G plays in this one. Um, I believe he's been practicing, although I don't I don't know if it was a limited practice. Jason, can you vet that real quick and see if it was a limited practice or if it was a full practice for Jimmy G today? Sure. And, Michael, let's start with you then on the Colts side. Jonathan Taylor has been absolutely bonkers. Um, the 49ers rush defense is not what it used to be. Uh, this team was once a highly feared, highly feared defense. Now they're kind of just middle of the pack when it comes to fantasy points against the, the position. I have no reason to believe that Jonathan Taylor doesn't succeed in this game. Sure. Um, but then again, Jonathan Taylor is doing a lot on minimal touches. Um, for someone who's been producing as much as he has, right? Like, he's now has three straight games with at least 19 fantasy points. And it's not like he's getting a whole, like, a lot of targets or, like, that many rushes. Like, he should be getting more touches. He's he's seen at least 17. He's had at least 17 opportunities in each game. That's um, enough. It is enough. But it is a more difficult matchup against San Francisco here. I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't have a huge game. Um, San Fran is coming off a bye as well. So they've had two weeks to get ready for this game, which is not ideal for opposing def- uh, opposing offenses typically. So, I mean, obviously you're starting Jonathan Taylor. I just – I don't know if he's going to be the, like, top three running back that he's been over the last three weeks. I think Jonathan Taylor is on a hot streak. He's also more involved in the passing game, which makes me very excited for him. And He's also just been very good. I, yeah. I I also think that I'm not really – I'm not really feeling Naheem Hines in this game. Um Let's go over to the wide receivers, though. Michael, I know you are against Michael Pittman. You are Michael Pittman's number one detractor. I like Michael Pittman in this game because there's going to be no T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, it's looking that way. There's going to be no Paris Campbell. So, I mean, Zach Pascal might still get the the red zone targets, which he was is, has been getting, which is extremely frustrating. But that leaves one guy, and that's Michael Pittman. So, I mean... I don't. I like Michael Pittman in this matchup. I think he's going to do well. San Francisco again, right in the middle of the pack against wide receivers. Yeah, uh, Michael Pittman. I just wrote a buy low, sell high piece on Michael Pittman where he was my sell high because he. Um, this is who he's going to be, I think. And if anyone is like clamoring for a breakout, I don't see that happening. It's a team that doesn't pass as much. Um, you could read the entire. You could read the the section on BrotoFantasy.com or on the BrotoFantasy app, of course. Basically, the team is in the bottom half of the league in passing. He has his adjusted air yards are not great. They're outside the top 30, or it's actually 30th overall. I mean, his true target value, he's underperforming based on his true target value, which some people might be surprised by that. He should be performing better with the targets, quality, and quantity that he's been seeing. T.Y. Helton returns and immediately out-targets him. Like, it's not great. And uh, <laughs> to say the least, yeah. And he has three three games as a wide receiver, four or worse this year. Half his game, so it's not like he's been super consistent either. Um, two of the six games, less than five half PPR fantasy points. But with that being said, this is certainly a week where Michael Pittman, you're likely going to start him because he there is no T.Y. Hilton, there is no um, Paris Campbell, Zach Pascal. 
gets more red zone looks than Michael Pittman, which does not bode well for Pittman either. But he's likely to see a lot of targets in this one. And uh, Sunday night primetime game, hopefully he could, during the apocalypse give you a good game. Um, I just I don't see a huge ceiling for him, but he should at least have a, a decent game for you for this week. Um, how about what well, we talked about? How about Carson Wentz? You're not considering Carson Wentz, right? Carson Wentz is actually it's it sounds blasphemous to say start Carson Wentz. Well, it seems that way, but he actually hasn't been terrible. Um, over the last three weeks, seventeen point ninety two, twenty two and a half, seventeen. He's had at least seventeen points in five of six games this year. So he has just been very, very, very consistently average. And sometimes you need that, like during by apocalypse, if you if you're in a league that hoards quarterbacks or something of that sort. So he's not the worst idea, but he's likely to end around like QB fifteen to twenty. Jason, Mo Ali Cox in the last three games has seen five targets, four targets, three targets. Three three receiving touchdowns in those three games. Before those three games, two targets, two targets, two targets. 14 yards was his high output. So this is the guy who's obviously becoming more involved in the offense. Are you comfortable starting him against the 49ers? Yeah, I don't hate it. Man, like, the only negative against... Oh, he's touchdown dependent. Yeah. So is every tight end not named Kelsey and Andrews and Waller. Yeah, welcome to the club. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, he's actually scoring touchdowns, and he's catching passes. So, yeah, I don't I don't hate throwing Allie Cox out there because if you look at the tight ends this week, it's not the prettiest group of people. Well, Allie Cox is a giant... And Carson Wentz is using him in the red zone. And Carson Wentz has used tight ends in the red zone in the past. This isn't something that's brand new. So I'm I'm down with Marley Cox. It's Monday night football on Monday night. There's Monday night football and it's Monday night. Yeah, you see I made a stupid song that doesn't make any sense. That just sounds like it's something in a football song. You're, oh, look at me. I'm so creative. Idiot. That was such an idiotic Listen, song, you idiot. I'm hyped. You're get you're you're turning. You're joining the dark yeah, side. Just like no, part duh. No, I'm making fun of you. Saints at Seahawks. Let's start with the Seahawks. Geno Smith is the quarterback, and they just picked up Jason Jacob Eason off waivers. If that was any indication of how bad it's going over in Seattle, interesting that the well, Colts released quick, Tim. Easton because you just completely skipped the 49ers, bro. You went from Mo Ali Cox to Geno Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, let's get the 49ers. Yep. All right, let's go back. Uh, 40, <laughs> 49ers. Um, that was good. Jimmy G. Tim's always done a good rewind voice. I have, uh, for some reason, I do a really good rewind voice. Don't, get, don't ask me why. Wait, rewind again? <laughs> Tim was, always was... does a good rewind voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, oh, what was I going to say? <laughs> Something about the Niners? Jimmy G. Uh, yeah, so we don't know who the quarterback is, but I'm, I'm guessing it's Jimmy G. Did you Seems vet that? Like Did you Jimmy vet G. what I asked you to vet, Jason? Yes, you prick. He practiced today. They're confident he's going to start. He's going to start. Freelance wasn't even at practice. He's going to start. Which leads me to my next point. I am confidently starting Debo Samuel, obviously. And without George Kittle, I don't care what you say, Jason. I'm constantly, I'm confidently starting Brandon Ayuk. I think Brandon Ayuk is a starter in this matchup for the Bipocalypse. Look, Debo Samuel has over 40% target share. And... 
There's still 60% of targets to go around. We were at the point where I thought you were going to say Ross Dwelly. Like, Brandon Ayuk didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> Ross Dwelly might be a good play, too. He had a good game last week. Same here. I was thinking Dwelly. Is that is that your entire thoughts on the 49ers? What are your thoughts on the 49ers passing game? Michael, I will bring it to you. Yeah, Debo Samuel's locked and loaded wide receiver one this week during the apocalypse off a bye based on what he's done the first five weeks. Ross Dwelly is interesting to me because he's running the routes. He's getting the... Uh, He's getting the action with George Kittle out. He um he only has three receptions as the starter, but one of them was a touchdown. And now they're coming off a bye. And Jimmy G is quarterback, not Trey Lance, who ran more than he passed last time, basically. like It was an ugly offense with Trey Lance at the helm. It's going to be different with Jimmy G, which makes me like Ross Dwelly a little bit more. Um, and then Brandon Ayuk, man. Like, I want to say, yeah, Brandon Ayuk week. Yeah, go ahead, start Brandon Ayuk. But this guy has five games played, less than four and a half half PPR fantasy points in four of them. Like, he has one decent game against Green Bay this year, and that's it. Seven targets total over the past two weeks before the bye. Maybe they, they took the bye week to get him more acclimated in the offense. You could take that shot if you'd like. I understand if you want to take that upside shot. I personally... Would not. If really Brandon Ayuk comes that. out and scores 20 points, people are going to be all over him. People are going to talk, call him it. Here's here's why I think that Ayuk is going to succeed in this game. Here's the thing about Ayuk, though. Ayuk was trending in the right direction, and then Jimmy G got hurt. So then Trey Lance came in, and he was you know put to the side, which is uh, obviously, right? So that's why I still have hope that Brandon Ayuk might progress in this offense. Now, don't get me crazy. If this was a regular week, Brandon Ayuk's not starting. Don't get me wrong. But I think... Yeah, don't get me wrong. Uh, also, don't get me crazy. Don't get me any of that crazy. Um, yeah, I just I just think that it's going to be an Ayuk game. I think that he's going to have a good game. Jason, what do you think about this? Uh, the pass catchers? I think you're just going based off of a feeling for no reason. It's because not a feeling. I told evidence. you I told you why before Jimmy G got hurt, he was trending in the right direction. That Green Bay game that Michael was talking about was Jimmy G's last game. Trending in the right direction. Yes, he was seeing the field everyone more. Everyone wanted to. Tar- targets. Everyone he was a touchdown. Hyped. Everyone was hyped that he actually produced, but he also dropped a touchdown in that game. Yeah. And he's been a to-do since, again. But it was... It, I'm not starting Ayuk this week, man. And he's, it was with Trey Lance. I like Ayuk as a uh, Jason. You want to bet? I think it's more Brandon Ayuk top forty wide receiver this week. Sure. All right, mark it down, right. Um, the the Colts have also been absolutely torched by tight ends, which makes me like Ross Dwelly even more as a streamer. Michael really likes Ross Dwelly. Keeps going back to him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Dwelly was good last week. All right, now let's go on to the Saints at the Seahawks. Um, the Seahawks have Geno Smith at the helm. Against a very good Saints defense. Bad offense last week. We don't know who the running back's going to be. Um, if Is Alex Collins going to play? Is it going to be Penny? We don't know. And it sucks because it's Monday night. So you can't, like, pivot to Rashad Penny and all of a sudden he doesn't play and you're fucked. You're assed out. Yeah, it's tough. So, I mean, I can't play a Seahawks running back for that reason. And then when you're talking about the wide receivers... And it's against the Saints, though, which makes it even yeah. tougher. Right, right, exactly. 
And I don't want to play. I don't want any part of Tyler Lockett. I'll play DK Metcalf, but I'm not excited about it. And that's it. I'm look. If you have Tyler Lockett, there's a near zero percent chance that you're gonna sit him during by apocalypse week. I'd play. I'd play Ayuk Ayuk over Lockett. See, I, I do not agree with that at I'll all. I'll bet that. I'll bet that for you. I go over Lockett this week. All right. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. I know, right? On who, Tim's who, behalf, right? You think that Tyler Lockett is going to be better than Ayuk is crazy. <laughs> can I have? Can I get in on that too? Let me guess which side Although, Jason wants. The side of his twin brother, Michael. <laughs> yeah, well, Michael's not a fucking idiot. And you are. So hey, yo. the issue here Burn. is that I also don't really like Tyler Lockett. <laughs> this guy went two for thirty-five last week. Yes. Five for fifty-seven the week before. And he's gonna do worse again this week. Jay, are you in on or not, man? Yeah, obviously I'm in. I, I, obviously I'm in after I just said I hate Tyler Lockett. Yeah, right. Aye, aye, aye. I don't like Tyler Lockett this week, but you can name anyone, and they're probably gonna score more than Brandon Ayuk. Hey, yo. You're the idiot who's banking on someone who's a scrub. You hear that, idiot? I can't wait to throw this in Jason's face. You stupid week. ass. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm taking the dog, dumbass. Let's go over to the Saints. Um, Alvin Kamara is a smash play. Play him. Smash, 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 smash. Anyone else? Michael, Michael. Um, in your running back usage thread that we mentioned, Saints like to run. The Saints are right? a top two team in the league on running. Overall, and running on first, second, and third down. They run a lot. Absurd. I also, I like Marcus Marquez Callaway this week, man. Tremendous matchup here against Seattle. Um, <clears throat> sucked in the beginning of the year. We all know that. But the last three weeks has put up 12, 8.5, and, and 22.5 and half PPR fantasy points, which is not nothing. Um, he's doing it on limited type touches. His He only has 10 targets through that time, but he's been productive. He's caught... Uh, he caught two, three touchdowns during that span, um, a couple of long balls as well. Not a good Seattle secondary. I think Marquez Callaway has some sneaky wide receiver three flex appeal as well um, as a replacement player this week. Um, I think that I like him because Deontay Har- Deontay Harris is out of practice for the first two days. He has a hamstring injury. I don't think they're going to test him. This is a Seattle defense that gives up big play after big play after big play. So I like Deontay Harris if he was playing. So I like Callaway in that. Um, I'm going to make an assumption, College. That's what? where that's where Deontay Harris went to. Assumption College, according to Wikipedia. Serious? Oh. Yeah. He went to Assumption College. <laughs> Quite an assumption you're making. I, I mean, it's, a, it's an assumption that he went to that school. Um, with that what being said. happening? I think we're I think we're ending the show. I think we're getting a little delirious. It is eleven forty seven on the East Coast. <laughs> the game is ended. Um East Coast. It's taking a little while to, to Any to Kenny these. Stills love activated from the practice squad. Hmm. Interesting. That's, I think that's was, dumber than Brandon Which IU. is not good for Deontay Harris. That's a dart throw. I mean Deontay Harris is not gonna play. Bottom a, dollar dart throw in DFS, Kenny Stills though. Come on now. I like it. Come on now. I like it. Jason, I can't wait for Brandon Ayuk to score like 25 points on Jason's face. Jason, right on your face. Where could this they find you? This is the dumbest shit I ever heard. Where could they find you? 
Can we make a can we make a Mike Davis bet just to do it? Like I just I want to bet against. Him. We all agree with you on Mike. Yeah, Davis. We don't want to bet on Mike <laughs> Davis, but it's a sandwich. Hour. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do top twenty running back. Yeah, give me that. All right, idiot. That'll be his best finish of the year. That might have been a top twenty That might have been Michael's first yeah, ever bet where he can't doesn't deny that I I don't you know. No, yes you can. <laughs> Shut that, up. <laughs> <laughs> that might be my first where he doesn't control the the situation. Like Jason put it out there, Michael compromised, and you could tell in his face he's like nervous. <laughs> he's shaking right now. In my boots. Your blue light glasses reflect blue. Top twenty four, Jay. No, man, you said twenty. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I looked at Tim when I said it. Yeah, you pulled a Michael. Pulled a Michael. Yeah, you guys right. are just jealous because I've won every <laughs> single year. Jealous. More like Grellis. Jason, where can they find you? You're so good at that. <laughs> Proto FF, Jason. <laughs> Michael. Proto FF, Mike. You can find our brother from another mother, Cass, at Broto FF Casanova. You can find me at Broto FF Tim. Branding um, at Broto Fantasy on Twitter and Instagram. BrotoFantasy.com. Fantasy Football by Broto at Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. Uh, Playboy.com for Michael's exclusive birthday strip show. Oh, OnlyFans. Oh yeah, that's right. Playboy has an exclusive too, though. You could you could use both. Um, Michael, the word exclusive. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they have the extended cut exclusive. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you guys are not cut. following. So you, that's where you uh, twerk, right? Twerk for hours. I I was about to tell them the secret about your ass, but I'm not gonna tell them. The secret about my ass. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. That doesn't mean anything. See, it's not mean anything. <laughs> this is. Dumb, <laughs> dumb shit, guys. <laughs> Peace. Later.